Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, disengaged workers. And then the number that really shocks you, the number that grabs you by the hair and doesn't let go, is 20% describe themselves as actively disengaged. These are the saboteurs of, of our society. These people not only are very unhappy at their jobs and hate their bosses, but they want you to be unhappy in their jobs and hate their bosses. And that's one out of five workers. There is a significant and emerging issue in today's workforce that may in fact be holding our economy back more than any single condition. To talk about this phenomenon is Andrew Sherman, author, professor, and attorney, a longtime part of the D.C. entrepreneur community. Andrew has recently released a book entitled The Crisis of Disengagement, and we're going to talk about this significant issue. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to be here and uh, great to be on the show. Congratulations with... Uh how the show has done so far. Well, it's only going to get better with you uh, joining you, us. So <laughs> disengagement, you've been around entrepreneurship here in the D.C. region for three more decades now. You've helped start countless companies uh, as an advisor. You're a professor of entrepreneurship. Why do you turn your attention to disengagement? It seems so counterintuitive to me. Well, it tell you, it it's kind of think about a three-legged stool. Uh, two books ago, I wrote a book called Essays on Governance, and I was concerned post-Sarbanes-Oxley about, you know, boards not being uh, committed to protecting their fiduciary duties of the shareholders and doing the things that we learned as lawyers that they have to do. Then I did a book called Harvesting Intangible Assets about, you know, the need to innovate more in the company and monetize intangible assets. And then what I realized, this was the epiphany moment, is that you can't do any of those things if your culture and your people are disengaged. And so, in a way, this book kind of completes the triangle and says, look, you've got to have great governance. You have to have a culture of innovation. But quite frankly, if your people aren't engaged, you're not going to have any of those things. Now, governance is is the shorthand that lawyers use to describe a company that is well managed for the benefit of the stockholders. Innovation clearly is something we've talked about throughout the show. It comes, it, It's so closely tied to entrepreneurship. Those are both really positive things. You're telling me that as you've done your research and as you've talked with business leaders in town, you get the sense that there is a disconnect between what management thinks the company is about and what the workers actually think the company is about. Very much so. That's extremely well summarized. I mean, think about it this way. No disengaged, apathetic, complacent worker is bouncing around in bed at night at 3 in the morning thinking, how can I make my job better? How can I make the company better? How can I service the client or the customer better? And that's the problem. And if, I, if, if it's okay, let me share with you some of the data that comes right out of the Gallup State of the American Workplace study. It's alarming. And, and it's actually reading that study four years ago. It just got updated in December of 16. So the data in the update isn't in the book because the book had just come out. But here's the breakdown. 4%, 4 out of 100 people describe themselves as highly engaged. These are the people that are going the extra mile that everybody wants to hire and retrain and recruit and advance in the company. 25% describe themselves as engaged. These are the people that, you know, the solid B-plus come in. Every once in a while they do something good. But for the most part, they're just looking to get paid, get their bonus, and move on to the next job as soon as it comes along. 51% describe themselves as disengaged. They come in. They're like the zombies of the workforce. That means half the people in the studio are disengaged. And then the number that really shocks you, the number that grabs you by the hair and doesn't let go, is 
20% describe themselves as actively disengaged. These are the saboteurs of, of our society. These people not only are very unhappy at their jobs and hate their bosses, but they want you to be unhappy in their jobs and hate their bosses. And that's one out of five workers. We're trying to stay competitive in a global marketplace. We're trying to keep the D.C. region rich for entrepreneurship and innovation and business growth. And we've got one out of five people who actively are disengaged. That can't continue, Jonathan, if we're going to you know, do what we need to do as a country. So over the last couple of weeks, we've covered as themes on our show uh, significantly millennial workforce and also artificial intelligence and its application to the workforce. And the, the emerging theme in both, without question, is that millennial workers and workers in general want to be engaged. And companies really need to be focused on how they apply technology exactly. and how they create structures to reward people. Millennials, for example, we learned uh, last week or a few weeks ago that most millennials in this town will leave a job within a year. It's it's Absolutely. incredible. It's so and, and, and they rate uh, uh, quantitative reward as fourth, fifth, or sixth in the things that they look for in a new opportunity. I mean, yes, money's important, but being aligned with the mission and values of the company, feeling like they're part of something bigger than themselves, feeling like there's a chance for peer recognition and training and mentoring, all, I mean, I have a 27-year-old and 25-year-old. They both, we talk intimately about this stuff, and they both tell me that, you know, money's not the driver. It, it's all those other non-quantitative things. And by the way, one big... Um, uh, one big misunderstanding that I found in my research on this book, it's not just the millennials who are disengaged. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of 50-somethings and 60-somethings still in the workplace, still looking to find their true selves. In our profession, the level of disengagement of 40 and 50-something partners who you know, are sort of bound into you know, accounting and law and other professions and can't leave because they're financially trapped is growing. And, you know, let me ask you this. If you had a big piece of litigation that was a bet the company piece of litigation, do you want one of the 20 percent highly disengaged law partners handling your matter? Uh, I don't think so. Right? No, probably not <laughs> yeah, any probably more than not. I would. I would want anybody disengaged working with men anyway, because clearly right. when people are engaged, they're they're fighting hard for their own career and for you. And they're up at night thinking about you. Well, so we've identified this problem. And, and I agree with you. First of all, what are the conditions that create this? Is, is this a societal problem? Is it the ubiquity of social media? Are people overwhelmed and exhausted? What is your What do you attribute this to? So in the most recent update to the state of the American workplace, the CEO of Gallup says something very eloquent that really resonated with me. And he said, look, if we're going to really fix this problem in our country, we need to break down what we think the current definitions of management leadership are and replace them with new styles. For example, instead of referring to someone as your boss, you know, how about the coach, the mentor, the catalyst? I mean, that's what everybody wants. They want to be coached. They want to feel like they're the player on a star team and that they've got the greatest coach in the world who's going to help them just get better and better and knows what the plays are in the playbook to get the team to win. And we need to bring more of that mindset into the leadership of companies, whether they're high-tech, low-tech, in the D.C. region, outside the region, inside the federal government. I mean, oh, my God. The level of apathy and complacency inside our government agencies is incredibly high, probably higher than the norm in, in the workplace study. What's interesting about that is that your research shows that engagement is driven by qualitative factors rather than quantitative, meaning it's not about the money, it's about enjoying your work. That Completely. would suggest that the federal government, the, the principles of change in the way people think about work are just applicable. Tell our leaders and our, our business owners amongst our listeners a few 
specific things that they could do to create more of a culture of engagement with their employees and consultants? So, you know, uh, I'm a big Terp, and uh, go Terps on the Big Ten tournament. There was a professor in the 60s and 70s that wrote a lot about this notion of mattering. Uh, mattering was both a philosophical and a business concept that I to- talk about uh, briefly in the book, but I uh, would love to you know, expand on that research. And at the end of the day, people want to matter. They want to feel like their lives matter. I talk about this in the how was your day, honey, test, right? Everyone wants to go home and have something exciting to tell their spouse or their children about how their day was. So as leaders of companies, we need to walk a mile in that employee's shoes through empathy, uh, through compassion, and say, what can I do that advances the interests of my shareholders, but also makes that employee's day something that they're excited to go home and tell their family about? And if we can do that, start with that one little incremental step, I think the ripple effect of that will be significant. Important lessons and guideposts for all of us involved in business and entrepreneurship and the federal government here in the D.C. region. Check out The Crisis of Disengagement, written by our friend Andrew Sherman. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And you've been listening to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. My producer is Tracy Madigan. And as you know, this show is about promoting why Washington, D.C. is a great place to do business and why it is a great place to be an entrepreneur and innovator. You know, our town is a lot more than government. There are a lot of opportunities here. Over the last couple months, there have been a number of billion-dollar business sales. Many other people have sold and grown businesses. Companies have raised money. New businesses have started. Maybe you've been to a new restaurant this week. It's all entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, doing things in a new way to solve needs. These are the kind of things that happened in a really unique way in the greater Washington region. That's what this show, What's Working in Washington, is about. But it's only as good as you and your participation. So if you've got an idea for somebody that we should be talking with, let us know. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and let us know that there's a story out there that needs to be told. I'm Jonathan Aberman. See you next week. I'm out. <laughs>